Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And the Jets have a new top receiver, at least on paper, Corey Davis, who comes to the Jets from the Tennessee Titans. Want to get some insight on what the Corey Davis experience was like in Tennessee. And so went out and got one of the best, the return guest. He came on to talk about Arthur Smith with me. When the Jets were interviewing Arthur Smith for the head coaching job, he covers the Tennessee Titans for Sports Illustrated, been covering the team for almost 25 years now. David Beauclair. David, thanks so much for coming back on the show, sir. Scott, you make me feel old talking about how long (laughs) I've been doing this, but goodness. Well, I want people to know just how ingrained you are with the team in the city because you're somebody that really understands what goes on around the team and your coverage is outstanding. And for anybody that doesn't read it over at SI, I implore you to do so. You should know as much as you can about all the teams around the league. And I want to talk about Corey Davis from the very beginning because when he was at Western Michigan, he was a standout and he was consistent. He was excellent all the way through, except at the very end, he had that injury, didn't participate in the combine. And there was some question as to how much that was going to hurt him in the draft. He ended up going fifth in the 2017 NFL draft, which was crazy, went ahead of Jamal Adams, went ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. 
And so I was curious what the thought process was and what your memories are of everything that surrounded that process. A lot of people comparing him at the time to a young Des Bryant because of the fact that he had those long strides and while he wasn't a blazer, he was somebody that could pick up some speed in the open field after the catch and obviously had that big physical frame and loved to block and all of that. So tell me about how it all went down Corey Davis going to the Titans with the number five pick in the draft in 2017. Well, it, it was a uh, it was a situation where you know everybody knew going into that into that draft that they were they were going to need a wide receiver. They they hadn't had anybody who was really any kind of productive since uh, since Nate Washington at that position. They, they if you remember Rashard Matthews, he had had a had a pretty good season, but but was a little bit older. They didn't trust him. They they had a, a draft pick, a, a later a third day draft pick in 2016, and Tajay Sharp, who uh, you know who had had a pretty good rookie year, a surprising rookie year, but but not a guy with with great speed or great strength or any you know anybody that you thought was gonna was gonna turn into an All Pro or anything. And, and then of course that was the last year. For uh, Kendall Wright, their first-round draft pick in 2012, I believe he was, and and Harry Douglas had had just retired or, or his contract was up. They didn't re-sign him. There, there was a big change coming at uh, at wide receiver. It was obvious, and uh, and the Titans had two first-round draft picks that year, and, and the question was, you know, which one were they going to use on a, on a wide receiver? And there were, you know, there were there were plenty of good wide receivers in that draft. I, I think most people felt like it was going to be a choice between Corey Davis and, and Mike Williams if if they went at number five they they went with Corey Davis made him the first draft pick taken that year and and Mike Williams went two picks later to the Chargers so uh, you know for a for a guy you know on, on the one hand you say eh, a guy out of western Michigan you know it seems like a big jump to, to go from there to the the number five overall pick but when you you know John Robinson the general manager of the Titans likes guys who are consistently productive throughout their college careers and you know as as you as you alluded to Corey Davis started 50 games in his college mm-hmm. career he was the only FBS player ever with 300 catches 5,000 yards and, and 50 touchdowns in his career uh, so you know it, it was it was the consistent sort of production that that the Titans like and and that they figured would transfer well to the NFL And he comes in his rookie year. It was a little bit underwhelming. It's not that he was bad. He certainly had his moments. If you'll recall, he had that big game his rookie season where he caught six catches for 69 yards in a loss against the Oakland Raiders in his debut. But he was hobbled. He had that hamstring injury, and he only finished with 375 yards on 34 receptions. Did have that game where he caught two touchdowns in the AFC Divisional Round against the New England Patriots, and that's the one that most people remember from his rookie season. But definitely disappointing. Was it just that hamstring injury, or did he have some trouble catching on at first? Yeah, well, what, what's funny is you mentioned the uh, the two touchdowns against the Patriots in the playoff game. Those were the first two touchdowns of his career. Mm-hmm. He had played uh, 11 regular season games and one playoff game before that and and had no touchdowns. And, and yeah, you know, he had – he had sort of had a hamstring injury, I think, early in the offseason. It was one of the very first days of training camp that year. He ended up re-injuring the hamstring, didn't play at all in the preseason, managed to get on the field for the 
first two games of the regular season, hurt the hamstring again, missed the next five games. So, you know, he he's a guy who just just his rookie season didn't get off to a, a, a much of a start at all. And, uh, you know, he kind of got what he could out of that year. And then the the sort of the sort of training camp injuries became a became a bit of a theme for him. I mean, this is a guy who played four preseason games in his first three years in the league. He, you know, he just, uh, just, just always seemed to have something nagging at him at that time of year, which, uh, which made it hard for him to get going. And, and, you know, it, it sort of created the sense that, that he's injury prone, but that being said, after that rookie year, he's missed one, he's missed three games, excuse me, but two of those were this season because he was on the COVID list. So he's only missed one game because of injury the last three years. And, uh, uh, you know, but it, 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 he still sort of carries that label of, of kind of injury prone. It's not, it's not the bad injuries. It, it's kind of the nagging things. And it, and it didn't help that in this year's playoff loss to Baltimore, he ended up uh, ended up getting hurt and, and couldn't play most of the second half of that one. So uh, it, it it's sort of a funny thing where he's a he's a big physical receiver who who is who is kind of kind of tough for that position, but he he still he still seems to always have a little something that that keeps him from being a hundred percent. And and if and he he's not one of those guys. Who, if he's eighty-five percent, he can make it look like a hundred percent. You know, if he if he's eighty-five percent, he tends to play like it's he's eighty-five percent, and so on. So that's uh, you know that that that's that's I would think the big concern for Jets fans is is he is he going to be able to stay healthy? Because when he is healthy, as we saw in twenty twenty in particular, he can be productive. And he was very productive his second year in 2018, seemed to take a real leap, had a career game against the Eagles, nine catches, 161 yards, and the game-winning touchdown from Marcus Mariota. And that wasn't the only time that he had a game-winning touchdown either. He had one against the Jets later in the season. We all remember that. We were hoping Sam Darnold would play in that game, but he was injured. McCown went on the road to Tennessee, and it was Corey Davis who caught the game-winning touchdown against the Jets. Also had... 12 yards on a rushing attempt which the Jets never saw coming and I'm honestly kind of surprised David that the Patriots didn't try to sign Corey Davis because he would light them up every time in that playoff game he gave them problems catching two touchdowns and then again that second season seven catches 125 yards and a touchdown as the Titans blew out the Patriots so this seemed to be a season where he blossomed he didn't have over a thousand yards he didn't have elite production but he was really starting to make his way here 891 yards four touchdowns that is the beginning of what you would think would be his ascent to number one wide receiver and we'll get to what happened after that but was the mood in Tennessee at this point about Davis hey we were a little bit underwhelmed by him his rookie year but boy this guy really looks like the goods now yeah, in 2018, that Philadelphia game that you referenced, which was week five, week four, I think, he uh, you know caught nine passes for 161 yards and and the game-winning touchdown and and it and it seemed like he was wide open all day in that game and and he had he had gotten off to a pretty good start had had 13 catches through the first three games and and you know there was a sense that okay he's a little bit better and coming out of that Philadelphia game there was there was sort of this sense that 
okay, that's the guy. He's arrived now. This is going to be fun for Titans fans. And uh, and the problem the rest of that year was consistency. He just never had it. I mean, two weeks later after that Philadelphia game, he caught one pass. You know, he had that good game against New England you referenced, seven catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the, the rest of that regular season, which was six more games, he caught more than three passes just twice. You, you know, he, he just he, he, he didn't. And, and part of that, I think, maybe was the, you know, the quarterback. You know, Marcus Mariota was struggling a little bit at that time. And, uh, you know, things might have been different, I guess, for Corey Davis had uh, had Ryan Tannehill arrived on the scene a year earlier. But uh, but he never never did find that consistency in the second year or even even his third year in the league where uh you know his third season never had never had five catches or more in back-to-back games it just uh it it it, you just you just didn't see it for some reason week after week and 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 it's not like you can say okay well you know but he was open or whatever I, i mean some of those games in 2018 i i remember thinking God, I never even noticed the guy all day. It, it 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 was it was kind of odd how he could he could be such a standout one week and and so anonymous the next. Sort of reminds me of Robbie Anderson at points when he was here with the Jets. There were games where he would just destroy the opposing team, and then there were games where he wouldn't really do much. And so you were wondering when he was going to put it all together. And then, of course, he had an excellent season this past year in Carolina. But one thing I noticed about Corey Davis, David, his second season, just looking at stories that people were telling, is that in addition to his play becoming better, even if he was still a little bit erratic, we saw the beginnings of him becoming a leader in the locker room. And here are a couple of people who spoke up to that point. You had Taewon Taylor, who said he's our leader in the wide receiver room. He's the one bringing us together. He's always carried himself like a professional, and he's someone I look up to as a brother and as a teammate. Taji Sharp said that Davis is an encourager, a student of the game. He said, quote, he picks out certain things and certain things he sees from defenses, shares them with the rest of the group. And then Davis himself said, I'm not very vocal. I don't really say much, but a lot of times it's not really about that. I need to get out of my comfort zone and help the team. That's what it's about, helping others. I try to take it upon myself. I'm not a cheerleader, but I'll encourage a guy. I'll talk to him, whatever it may be. A lot of the guys do the same thing. And so he's taking on that strong, silent type in the locker room, it seems, where he's the guy that people look to. He's the one who's really starting to understand the game and be able to pick up things in film study that he passes along to the other receivers in the room. Does this track with the reputation that you know of when it comes to what he was like in the locker room with the other players? Yeah, strong silent type I I think is a is a really good way to put it. He he's a guy who's uh, and you, you you know you saw it with the media too the, these past 4 years. He's he, he he's certainly willing to talk to uh to the media but he's He's not really interested in drawing the spotlight to himself. And, uh, you know, we, we all know, we all know the image of, you know, what the diva wide receiver is. Well, Corey Davis is the exact opposite of that. He, he just, he always sounds just really thoughtful and, and really sincere. And, and, you know, he, he's just a guy who wants to who wants to do an honest day's work and uh, and and he you know he knows that uh, 
that that there have been days when when he hasn't lived up to people's expectations and and he he accepts that he 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 takes it to heart but but he sort of he sort of keeps moving forward i guess is 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 the best way to put it i you know i i never saw the guy get deterred or get frustrated by by any criticism or or at, at times when when the ball wasn't coming his way or a, a game where maybe he had a couple of dropped passes he uh, you know i i i, I if he's if he's a leader or to what degree he's a leader in the locker room it, it it's a it's a very private thing it's it's nothing that you know he's he's never been a guy who'll use the media to send messages he's he's never a guy that you'll see carrying on on the sideline or, or really challenging guys openly that sort of way but uh, but there's I have no doubt about his uh, his sincerity his devotion to the job and and his desire to be as good as Corey Davis can be, whatever that is. In a lot of ways, the anti-Jamal Adams, he's somebody who lets his play do the talking, and he claims that he learned this style and the ability to try and help others in the locker room, especially in the wide receiver room, from the guy that you mentioned before, Harry Douglas, who he says was a mentor to him when he first got into the league. He says, Harry helped me not only in football, but in life family and how to do things i was a rookie didn't really know much harry took me under his wing and helped me out a lot so anything i can do to help a guy i'm willing to do it the same way harry was willing to do it for me do you remember anything about the relationship between those two because it seems like he had a huge effect on Corey davis i i don't remember anything specifically about those two but uh but i i can tell you that they're you wouldn't be hard pressed to find a guy in in the locker room those couple of years that wouldn't say the same thing about Harry Douglas. Harry, you know, Harry came after it was what eight or nine years in Atlanta where he was the number three, four, or five receiver there pretty much his whole time. You know, a, a guy who who constantly had to be on edge about his his place in in the locker room there, his job in this league, and uh, and and he was he. he he was brought to Tennessee partially to to be a, a locker room leader and and to be a good pro. Mike Malarkey had uh, had worked with him there and uh, and wanted him here in Tennessee and and uh, I, I I think I think Harry had a good influence on a, on a number of young players at that particular time. And his wide receiver coach Rob Moore, old friend of ours here with the Jets, one of the best uh, wide receivers in Jets history, Syracuse grad too, former Pro Bowler here with New York. He seems to really like Corey Davis, too. He's been coaching Davis since 2018. He says he is the guy who sets the tone for the wide receiver room. It is a responsibility he's growing into being a young player, but Corey regularly does the things we ask him to do as far as being accountable. He's driven. He's passionate about getting every ounce of ability out of himself, and he wants to help others do the same. David, this tracks with exactly what you said before, that he's willing to do whatever it takes to be the best Corey Davis he can be, whatever that means. What do you know about the relationship with Rob Moore and the offensive coordinators he's had, whether it was LaFleur, whether it was Arthur Smith, or any of the other guys? on that offensive staff yeah and before that it was you know Terry Rabisky who is mm-hmm. who has a long history as a wide receivers coach and 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 Terry was pretty hard on on the wide receivers in general during 
his time here. And uh, you know, one thing that uh, one thing that that Corey picked up, uh, you know, whether whether it's it's that part of his personality we talked about, whether it was uh, uh, whether it was Terry Rabisky driving him that way, or or some combination of both. And and I know Arthur Smith really appreciated this in particular. If if the the play call it you know calls for Corey Davis to run 12 yards right down the numbers and then cut 90 degrees in Corey Davis is going to run 12 yards right down the numbers and cut 90 degrees in it's not going to be 11 yards and and a 78 degree cut you know I mean he is he is going to do exactly what is told and that's uh you know the, the coaches the coaches in particular that, that you all referenced he they 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 appreciated that to no end and and rob moore is you know rob moore talks about things like you know i i i can coach guys on on attitude and i can give them tricks of the trade in terms of beating press coverage or or how to read zone coverage and whatnot you know they're they're the ones who are going to have to do you know those sorts of those sorts of details that you know they're they're either going to do that or not and uh, and I and I think I think when uh, when Rob Moore has a guy like that where where he doesn't have to he doesn't have to tell him twenty times I need you on the numbers in this call or I need you outside the numbers you know it, it, then then he feels like he 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 can do a lot more with with a guy like that where it is just about okay let me show you how to beat this coverage or this defensive back is going to be doing this to you you know as a guy who's had you know how many pro bowl seasons rob moore had whatever it is let me let me tell you you need to know this here and 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 i think uh, i think i think those two did really have a have a good time and in a really good working relationship the last 3 years for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. In 2019, he took a step back again. And as you said, the first three seasons of his career, even though his second season was his best, a lot of the problem was the inconsistency. And in 2019, his numbers dipped, but also he was inconsistent again. He showed you some good games, had a really nice one against the Falcons with 91 yards and a touchdown. 
caught a touchdown pass from Derrick Henry in that road victory over the Ravens in the playoffs. But for Corey Davis, a lot of the problems seem to be that the offense became more run-oriented and A.J. Brown emerged as the number one wide receiver. So at the end of that year, the Titans decide not to pick up the fifth-year option. Was that surprising? I know he had been inconsistent, but again, this is a guy that had been picked fifth overall a couple of years earlier. And it's not like he was bad. He was just inconsistent. What went into that? Was it just the fact that they felt that it was too much money to spend for a receiver that they felt wasn't a number one type of guy, at least based on what he'd done the first three years? Yeah, it's interesting. If you look at the snap counts in 2019 through the first half of that season, you know, Corey Davis, almost every game easily had the most snaps among the the wide receivers. They they were using him in in every situation. You know, he was on the field in run plays. He was on the field in pass plays and, and the ball just wasn't seeming to find him. And, and, he had a little bit of issues with drops and whatnot. Then then he got hurt, missed one game against Kansas City, and the rest of that season, that, that was sort of the turning point where the offense said, okay, A.J. Brown is going to be our guy, and uh, and A.J. Brown got the, the lion's share of the snap counts after that. And uh, and it didn't surprise me at all that, that they didn't pick up his fifth year option for for that reason. It it was a, it would have been a would have been a big price tag for a guy who looked like he was going to be your number two receiver. It, it's not that it, it's not that you didn't like Corey Davis. It's not that Corey Davis hadn't, uh, you know, hadn't added something to this team and to this offense. It, it It's just that what, what you saw from AJ Brown throughout 2019, you know, and now 2020, that it certainly reinforced all that where, you know, he's a guy, he's, he's already been a thousand yard receiver now and, and a pro bowler in his second year. I, I mean, you, you just, you just weren't going to pay that kind of money in 2021 to a guy to be your, your second wide receiver. So, uh, you know, if, if you take, if you take Corey Davis's career, as a whole and you look at it and you say okay this is this is a big smooth running wide receiver who has spent four years in the league and you look at his numbers and you say those are pretty good numbers and 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 then you factor in that his catch percentage has increased every single year of his career from 52.3 percent to 73 percent or 70.3% this last season. If you look at the fact that his yards per target had increased every year of his career from 5.8 his rookie season to almost twice that 10.7 this year. you know you look at you look at the fact that this is a guy of his 207 career receptions, just over 70 percent of them have gone for first downs. you say, that's a good wide receiver. I'm I'm happy to have him on my team, and and I think probably everybody feels that way. the 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 only issue, or the the most compelling issue, I guess, in regards to him being a Tennessee is, and why he's not in Tennessee anymore, is because he was drafted fifth overall, and and was the first wide receiver taken in the draft that year, and and he he has not produced. To, to that level, you know, if you draft somebody fifth overall, you expect them to come in and and be your number one guy right away. And and he was 
he was your number one guy for one out of four years, and they that haven't they haven't been the last two years. So you start to say, yeah, you know, but to everybody else in the league, you look and you say, this is a big, smooth running wide receiver who, who's had just shy of a thousand yard season in, in 2020. He's only getting better every year of his career. This is absolutely the guy you want to spend free agent money on. And, uh, and from that perspective, I, I think the Jets can be pretty confident that, uh, that this, is, this is a deal that is more likely than not going to work out for them. And he certainly got paid predominantly on the basis of what he did in 2020. You just mentioned it, but it was a year that was very difficult for him. So to me, it's even more remarkable that he was so good in 2020 because he had an injury in the preseason. As you mentioned before, he was on the pup list, didn't get activated until the middle of August. And then at one point he was on the COVID reserve list. That's when he missed the two games that cost him a chance to get a thousand yards for the first time in his career. He also had his brother pass away to cancer and continued to play. So again, strong silent type because a lot of people would have melted after something like that happened, but he continued to play really well, killed the Ravens this year. Absolutely huge game against them. Five catches for 113 yards in an overtime win. Crushed the Browns, had 182 yards on 11 catches, career highs. Also had a touchdown reception. They lost the game, but what an incredible performance by him. And he had a 75-yard touchdown reception in a big win in Week 15 against the Lions as the Titans were continuing to battle for a playoff spot. And the thing that stood out to me, too, is that a, A.J. Brown at this point had already been established as the number one go-to guy, so some of the pressure was off Davis a little bit, but he also had it on his mind that the Titans had declined his option, didn't necessarily believe in him, and he was playing for his NFL life in a lot of ways because, yes, somebody would pick him up, but if he didn't have a really nice year, he wasn't going to get a lucrative contract the way that he did coming out of Western Michigan as the number five overall pick. And then the other thing is he's in an offense that emphasizes the run around Derrick Henry. And so all of these things, including the injury before the season, his brother passing away, being on the COVID reserve list, A.J. Brown having the option declined, a lot of guys that aren't mentally tough wouldn't be able to persevere through all of that. But Davis had the best season of his career, finally consistent throughout most of the season, and this is how he earns his payday. An incredible fourth year for a guy that, as you said, a lot of people felt was okay, but just not worth investing in. Yeah, and uh, you know we'll tackle it. We'll try and break out, break down a couple of these things you talk about. You know, his brother Titus Davis was a wide receiver who played at Western Michigan ahead of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he talked about Titus as as his inspiration, and and he got a uh, got a rare form of cancer and 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 ended up passing away uh, in, in early November, and I think it was two days before a game against Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, Corey Davis had the option to, to stay at home or go home, be with family. He said, no, I want to, I want to play in the game and, and had a, uh, had a decent, had a decent game that day against the Colts missed, missed practice the next week on Wednesday before that Baltimore game to, to be at his brother's funeral. And then, uh, you know, as you said, five catches for 113 yards that day against, uh, against the Ravens so you know that that sort of tells you a lot about his uh his mental toughness and and his willingness to you know to to do what he needs to do for the team and and to be able to compartmentalize 
what's going on in his personal life versus uh, versus his professional life. The uh, you know the emergence of Derrick Henry the last two years as a as the NFL's leading rusher and and this offense as sort of a a ground oriented attack. Um, you know, Corey Davis has a lot to do with that. It, it's it's kind of funny that a guy who's drafted fifth overall and again the number one wide receiver taken his draft year for for two and a half years pretty much the the first thing that that coaches said when you asked about Corey Davis was well let me tell you the guy is a great run blocker mm-hmm. and 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 you know that that continued all the way through last year even as his his receiving numbers has gone have gone up he has not uh, he has not shied away from that part of the game and and I you know and I'm talking about a guy who will go in there and and look up a strong safety and and try and seal the edge or or take on a linebacker and try and seal the edge I mean he's not just uh, he's not just standing in front of cornerbacks in in the run game so uh, it, it's it's kind of a it's kind of an odd thing to to think about you know when you when you're talking about an elite wide receiver but but that that is one of the things that that has been talked about with Corey Davis throughout and, and honestly one of the things I think the the Titans are going to be hard pressed to uh, to replace with uh, with his departure this offseason that's it's it's one of those it's one of those little things that's that's really going to bear watching. And uh, the, the, the big disappointment, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the two games that he missed in, uh, in mid October while he's on the COVID list ended up 16 yards shy of a thousand. And, uh, and all through like from early November on, people were talking about Corey Davis and, and AJ Brown as possibly a, a, a thousand yard tandem. And, uh, you know, I, I remember uh, talking to Rob Moore about it. Rob Moore had done it, uh, done it twice in his career, I believe. I, and, uh, once with the jets and once with the, with the Cardinals, I think. And, uh, and, you know, just talking about how unique that is when, when you have that opportunity and, uh, and Corey Davis was close with two games to go and then uh, and then remarkably week 16 against Green Bay gets shut out no catches in in a game that was played in the snow but uh, and but the Titans were Titans were behind the whole game and had to throw the ball quite a bit ball never ever came his way which was which was not a good thing and then five catches for a mere 39 yards uh, in the season finale and he ended up coming up short and uh, you know that it 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 felt like it, it felt like he sort of vanished at a time when he really had to do something or, or could have done something to do, you know, to distinguish his, his career in, in a way that he hadn't done to that point. And it, and it did feel sort of like a letdown, but uh, you know, again, as we talked about, he, he addressed, he addressed questions about it and, uh, and didn't really make excuses. Just, uh, just talk, just said he didn't get the job done. Should note that his older brother, Titus Davis, is a former member of the Jets practice squad. And also, Rob Moore had 1,000 yards or more three times in his career. Once with the Jets in 94, he had just over 1,000 yards. Same story in 96 with Arizona. And then 97, when he was an All-Pro, he had 97 catches for 1,584 yards and eight touchdowns. If Corey Davis can do that as a Jet, I'm pretty sure that every Jets fan will be ecstatic. By the time the 2020 season was over, he was going to be an unrestricted free agent, which I'm sure is not the result that everybody in the Tennessee front office expected after they drafted him number five in 2017. But now that he had started to really put it all together and had the best season of his career in 2020, 
Were the Titans thought to be in on trying to bring back Corey Davis? Was there a problem with the salary cap? Did they have the space or was it just, we'd love to have him back, but we don't have the money to do it? What was going on here? Because the Jets deal came together pretty quickly. I don't know if Tennessee was in the mix. Did they try to get him back? Uh, you know, not not really. Uh, it, it was definitely a case of, look, we know you're too good for us to afford. The the Titans uh, Titans had some real salary cap issues. You know, they've uh, they they've they've actually made some really difficult decisions. They ended up cutting three core three quarters of their starting secondary um, to save almost $25 million worth of salary cap numbers. They, they cut another wide receiver, Adam Humphreys to save another four and a half million dollars there. And, uh, and they cut their starting right tackle all because of all because of salary cap. So they, you know, they, they knew John Robinson with the general manager, we did a press conference with him in mid February and, uh, you know, I, I got into a couple, uh, got into it with a couple of fans on Twitter, you know, in, in a, not, not in a bad way, but, uh, you know, because I wrote a story saying that, you know, Corey Davis and tight end John U. Smith aren't going to be back. John Robinson basically said so in this press conference. And, and a couple of fans were like, he said he wants them back, which, yes, he did, which any general manager would say. But if you've, if you've covered the league for a while and you know what GM speak is, you know, John Robinson said – of course, I would love to have these guys back. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford them. And, it, you know, that, that certainly, you know, when you look at the contract that he, both of those got, but in particular, since, you know, we're, we're talking about Corey Davis here, you look at you look at the numbers. They were like, right now, Corey Davis is, is going to be making more than every wide receiver on the Titans roster combined at this moment. They, uh, you know, other than A.J. Brown, there is – there is nobody really worth talking about. So uh, wide receiver is, is still a big issue. It's it's not a case of the Titans thought, well, we've got the people to live without him. It's it's a it was a case of we we just we this guy played his way off our roster because he's going to command too much money. David, I talked to you before about how the Jets are looking to build a culture here around Robert Sala. And those are the types of players that Salah and Douglas are looking to bring in. From the stories that we talked about earlier, it sounds like Davis will fit in well in the locker room. As we said, strong, silent type, somebody who's willing to share information with teammates and help them improve and be somebody that they can lean on, very cooperative. And that's somebody that certainly would be an asset to what Salah and Douglas are trying to build. Also an intelligent guy from all accounts. He's a very smart kid, somebody who scored a 31 on the Wonderlick. That doesn't necessarily prove anything, but that is a very high score for the Wonderlick test. But he's also coming here to New York, where it's going to be very different. Western Michigan, Tennessee, not the same as being in the Big Apple. When you and I spoke about Arthur Smith, you said that you thought Arthur Smith would be a bad fit here for that reason. That he's somebody that valued his privacy. He's not a guy that really wants to be in the spotlight. And so New York would be the worst possible place for him to go. He ended up in Atlanta, where I think he's a much better fit. Corey Davis, what do you think? Is he going to be a really good culture fit the way that it appears to be on paper here in New York? And do you think that he'll be fine under the bright lights in the big city, as they say? I, I do think he'll I think he'll be fine. He has a uh, 
he has a a natural charisma that uh you know with, with the with the size of the media that, that covers the new york teams he, he's going to be on camera more than uh than he was here quite naturally but but it, it you know he'll his his delivery his his sort of presence plays well that i i, I think i think fans you know, the, to the degree that fans can get to know an athlete through through the media and, and watching their interviews and whatnot, I, I think they'll I think they'll like him. They'll feel comfortable with him. Um, you know, I I don't think people are going to be are going to be running to the pro shop, you know, lining up to buy his jersey necessarily. But uh, you know, as as long as there are other guys in the locker room who are more sort of the spokesman for the team, I, I think I think Corey will will do just fine. And because, uh, like I said, he doesn't he doesn't get frustrated. He he he's willing to accept questions about things that that aren't going well at a particular time or if you know if he drops three passes in a game you know he knows the questions are coming and he he won't make excuses he won't get he won't get mad that the questions ask i think uh i i, I think yeah I, I don't i don't think he's i don't think he's gonna you know he's you're going to be calling him Broadway Corey or anything like that. But I, but I think he'll be able to, uh, I think he'll be able to to handle everything just fine there. And uh, you know, and he'll be good for, he'll be good for a young quarterback in terms of, you know, he's never going to, never going to show him up, never going to call him out. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be very supportive in, in his quiet sort of conservative way. So knowing what you know about the Jets situation and knowing what you know about Corey Davis, you like this move overall for the Jets? I do. I, I think, uh, you know, because he's not, you know, he is not the only good, talented wide receiver on that roster, good, young, talented wide receiver on that roster right now. I think, uh, and, and I think, I think the last couple of years he was, he was sort of okay with, with AJ Brown, who is, who is on social media all the time and, and loves to, you know, loves to smile for the cameras and, and, and do those sorts of things. I, I, you know, he was, he was happy to let AJ do that and sort of, as we've said a couple of times on this chat, you know, sort of let his play speak for itself. And, uh, um, you know, again, like I say, with, he, he, he's certainly, he's certainly a guy that you can count on to do the right things, within the offense. So if, if other guys are doing the right things too, that, you know, and if the offense is, is, if it's a sound scheme, then I think, uh, you know, Corey Davis is, is a guy who's, who's going to make, who's going to make the scheme and the quarterback look good. That's all you can ask for from a wide receiver, especially when you're talking about a young quarterback, whether it's somebody that the Jets draft or Sam Darnold looking to rehab himself. David Beauclair covering the Tennessee Titans for Sports Illustrated. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. Great insight, just like you gave us with Arthur Smith. I hope you'll come back soon. In the meantime, though, for anybody that wants to check out your work, interact with you on social media, how can they do that? Uh, you can you can find me at si.com slash NFL slash Titans. I'm on Twitter at Beauclair Sports, and uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate the time the chance to talk to you, Scott. It's always a pleasure, buddy. Likewise, sir. Likewise. Make sure that you're following David on Twitter 
and reading his work in Sports Illustrated. And make sure you read the work that we're doing over at playlikeajet.com, wall-to-wall coverage of what's been going on in free agency and so much more. It's all at playlikeajet.com. In addition to the daily podcast, which you're listening to right now, and if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it if you could do that for us. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.